wins it. Oh, yes again for the fourth time tonight. Their number one goal getter, Gabe Clausen. from Bramlett and a shot and a score! Cody Glass starts the scoring and the Predators lead at home. He can be the hero against Daley Kiefer, the left-handed shooter coming in, ran out of room! Januzzi stops them! Hawks win their second best start! Franchise history. If you plan on going to see the Portland Winterhawks on Friday night against Everett or Saturday against Kamloops, uh, you should swing by and see my buddies at Cartside. It's a uh, cart pod. It's on uh, Williams Avenue, just a half a block north of Broadway walking distance from the rink they have uh, you know six or so food cars that are different varieties but you know the key is that the tap house there with uh, all, all kinds of different beers on tap and if you mention this show that you listen to Pucklandia they'll set you up with happy hour price which is which is a sweet deal but and it should be should be big games against uh against Everett and Kamloops and keep in mind uh, Saturday night against Kamloops that the Trailblazers are playing so uh, <laughs> it's going to be busy so uh, just be be aware of that but yeah go down to see my buddies at Cartside have a good time welcome into a joint edition of uh, WHL Unfiltered as well as Pucklandia uh, pleased to be joined by uh, Casey Bryant the uh, director of broadcasting for the Everett Silvertips of the Western Hockey League and uh, how's things been treating you so far up there in, uh, in Everett? Hey, is, well, first off, thanks for having me on, Chad. I really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, it's been so far so good. We're, we're officially back across the U.S. border after a long time spent in Canada for our East Division swing. Uh, you know, we had our one home game before we hopped right back out onto the road this weekend at the time of recording this. So, uh, but, but so far so good here in Silvertip country. So, yeah, that's... Uh, we could probably get into that road trip, but I, I guess maybe dig down in the in the year journey a little bit. I mean, so this is year year two in the, in that chair. Yeah, year two in the Western Hockey League for me. So that's uh, has it been all you all that we hyped it up to be? Is it kind of been the, uh, the 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 league you anticipated? What what's it, what's it been like? You know, getting getting your your feet wet in the, in this league. You know, it's it's funny. Uh, when I first got out here and was first calling my uh, a game between the Silvertips and Seattle Thunderbirds, uh, it was October 15th of last year, and I remember being struck by just how fast uh, the players moved and how crisp the passing was. You know, uh, you, you barely have time to say a player's name before the puck leaves their stick and it's on to the next guy. You know, you have to really be as prepared as you possibly can as far as knowing people's names, numbers, and, and any factoids and get them out as quickly as you can because you have no time to, to breathe or think. Uh, the action is so quick in this league. Uh, and it only gets better with each passing game. Uh, I tell you what, over the course of this, these, you know, the calendar year and plus now that it's been uh, out in Everett, uh, you see some really incredible things performed on an individual basis for a lot of these guys, a lot of flashes of individual skills, some highlight reel plays. And you just get to see some really great team hockey. 
too. There's no one team, I think, that's led by a singular guy. Even when, when we were out in the East Division and watching the Regina Pats, and the Regina Pats are, are Connor Bedard, right? Like, it's that he is the face of that franchise, the face of that league, face of junior hockey right now, right? And the Pats are, are a really stiff team to play against. They're a they're really dynamic as far as what they're able to create. They have some really stingy defensemen. They have a good goalie back there. So you just get to see a good, crisp game that you're not just there to see Connor Bedard. You're also seeing some other really talented guys up and down that lineup, too. Uh, so it's been a lot of fun being able to explore different arenas, different cities, see different players and uh, now I'm a bit more knowledgeable when it comes time to sit down and watch the NHL draft with my family. So uh, <laughs> they'll see a guy drafted out of the CHL and go go looking right at me to see if I know the guy. So uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I like it. And, you know, we mentioned that road trip a couple times now. So, you know, your first time in, in some of these old, you know, classic buildings. I mean, what, what are some of the, the highlights to, uh, you know, to those new experiences? Classic is certainly the right word to use because they are they're old barns. Uh, they've got a lot of uh, a lot of old time memories strewn across the walls. You know, banners hung of different players, different teams. A lot of uh, pictures of old teams going all the way back to like the eighties, seventies, some of them sixties. Uh, you know, the Regina Pats have have over a hundred years of history strewn across their arena at the Brandt Center. Uh, and as such, of these being old arenas. You know, you can kind of tell that they were constructed not necessarily with, like, convenience in mind. You know, they kind of built it to be an ice rink, and then everything else comes secondary. So to get to a lot of the media floors, there's a lot of stairs and a lot of maze work that you have to traverse. Uh, To load into some of these arenas, there's a long walk to get to where you need to be. Uh, you know, you're you're loading equipment downstairs or, or down ramps on the other side of the building. It's uh, it really is very funny to see the way that different uh, arenas are laid out, what part of the cities they're in. Uh, the exploration, uh, if it's a new thing, it, it catches my attention right away. So uh, it's it was really, really cool to be able to see uh, all these different pockets of junior hockey, uh, get to see the fan base, uh, you know, see the energy level in different arenas. Uh, it was a lot of fun to be able to, to explore that with a good group of people. Uh, climb the climb the ladder in swift current and get in there <laughs> not yet that's that's being saved for next year uh, uh but i tell you what the narrow staircase in prince albert on on the metal sheeting is 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 tricky to traverse i bumped my head on that nearly concussed myself uh the regina pats in the brant center you know you're it took me about five minutes to fully climb from the locker room to the top to the press box brandon has stairs uh, Saskatoon has you're up in the gondola. Uh, it's, uh, there's there's quite a few labyrinths being laid around the East Division that you have to traverse. But I have heard that Swift Current's ladder and the climb from Red Deer are the two worst. I don't see how they could possibly be longer than what I've already seen. Uh, but I'm I'm looking forward to that next year. Well, people love the uh, the catwalk of the Saddle Dome too. That's always a that's always just something that people like to, you know, document their their trip across that thing. Mm-hmm. So I've heard. So I've heard. So I, I, it just gives me something to look forward to in a, a year from now. <laughs> so you know, here in in Portland, you know, Mike Johnson's famous for wanting to do that trip early in the year. You know, kind of kind of what the the Silver Tips did. 
you know, I mean, partially, you know, you're trying to get ahead of the snow, but, uh, you know, a lot of it is, you know, kind of team bonding and you try to, you know, go out with, uh, you know, with, with these guys, you know, and go to war for a couple of weeks on the, on the road. I mean, is that, you know, did you, uh, you think that that was kind of a valuable part of this, this trip for the silver tips? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great point. You know, I, I think it helps build camaraderie right out of the gate. Uh, you're, you're trapped together in confined quarters for a long time. You're going through the gauntlet. And I think for a team that is as rookie-laden as we are uh, in Everett, uh, I think it's important for players to see the grind, uh, to see what it takes to, to win games on a consistent basis because the schedule doesn't get any more favorable when it comes playoff time. In April, when you're playing these seven-game series, you're going to play seven games over the course of nine days, ten days. You know, there's there's not going to be a lot of time to, to have off. So you're going to be doing a lot of traveling. You're going to be all in confined quarters. So from a player perspective, you know, by the end of the trip, you could really tell they were gassed. They were banged up, but they were playing really well. They were playing really competitively, and they went four and two on the trip. Uh, and the two games that they lost, they still were hanging in real tough against two really strong teams in Moose Jaw and, uh, and Winnipeg. So from that standpoint, it's absolutely a valuable thing for them to, to go through, and I think it's a great learning experience for them as, as the season progresses. You mentioned going 4-2 and two on this trip. I mean, you know, as, as the time of this recording, the Silver Tips are sitting at 12-6, and six, and for the most part, you'd be, you'd be thrilled with that, you know, and think that, uh, you know, you're winning games and, and getting results, but it's kind of a tough division at the moment and you know people aren't really talking about the silver tips or, or giving them much credit i mean what what's kind of what's kind of your you know thirty thousand feet feel about where they're at and 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 how the with the way the standings are looking at the moment it is funny that you say that because the the western conference in general is so so powerful this year right i think that every team got better uh you know the the only team that maybe has taken a step back ironically is the team that's going to be hosting the Memorial Cup in the Kamloops Blazers, where they're kind of sitting in a similar spot where they're probably towards the middle of the pack in the standings and they're probably going to be looking to push, right? I mean, that, that's the, the common thought is that with, with the Memorial Cup coming up this year, they're going to want to build and, and add, and, and, but <laughs> Seattle has been much more aggressive on the trade market. Uh, so it's kind of interesting to see the balance of power. But in the U.S. division, Spokane, I think, was better. Uh, they made a few moves. So I, I'm curious to see how that impacts their room. Uh, Tri-City is markedly better this year. Portland is still a powerhouse. Seattle, obviously, is building to win it all this year. So for Everett, I think that you look at a lot of these games, and I think they probably feel that they should win, should have won more than they have. I think you look at our record uh, 12 and 6. I think if you were to talk to the coaching staff, talk to the players, they would say they probably should be more, you know, 14 and 4. You know, I, I think there probably should be a few games in there where either it slipped through their fingers or you, one play bounces the other way and, and it's a completely different hockey game. Uh, you get a few timely stops uh, late in the game. Uh, I think they probably feel that they have deserved a better fate than what they have. And 12-6 is nothing to sneeze at. That's a, that's a good record. But I still think that this team has not yet uh, tapped its true full potential. They've shown flashes of it. Uh, it's just a matter of getting everyone healthy now and uh, hitting the middle of the road here and, and with everyone back on the, uh, 
on the roster sheet uh, and making that final push. This team is capable of a really good run. Well, we talked earlier about, you know, having kind of a lot of uh, rookies on that team, and, and it, it does kind of, you know, just looking at the at the score sheets, I mean, it's there are some, some names that, that aren't as, as familiar. Uh, who, who are some of these guys that, that you're pretty high on so far? You know, as as far as guys that are returning, you know, Austin Roost is someone that has really turned a lot of heads. I think that uh, Roost was listed on the central scouting list last year by the NHL ahead of the draft. He didn't get picked, and I think that really drove him. You know, I think he wants to prove, you know, that he's worthy of not just a seventh-round pick, as many mused he might be last year, but he wants to go in, you know, the sixth round, fifth round, fourth round, and he lived at the gym in the offseason. He's a markedly better skater. I think he just looks a lot sturdier. He's skating and possessing the puck with a lot more confidence now where he's being relied on as the driver of offense, not just kind of a bit guy who wins a battle in the corner and, and you know, lets other guys on his line go to work. Uh, I think he's taken huge strides forward to where when his name, when, not if, when his name gets called this summer uh, as an NHL draftee, uh, it will be in a, in a pretty valuable position for him as far as uh rookies go guys that are completely new to the roster i think jesse heslop is certainly a name to keep an eye on uh jesse heslop was a third round pick in last december's whl draft he scored in his debut that year and now that he's gotten a full year under his belt uh you know now that he's finally coming in as like an established member of the team He's earned every minute that he's gotten. Uh, I think he's the team leader among forwards in plus-minus. He's one of the best 0-6s in the league as far as even-strength scoring. Uh, he's really flown under the radar, I think, as far as uh, how good of a playmaking winger he's grown into. And he's still so young, and he still uh, has a lot to show in terms of what he can do with the goal scoring. Uh, he's got great hands, great mobility. Uh, so I think that he's probably someone that's going to grow into a future leader in the league uh, in two, three years. He has that potential. Uh, he'll be he'll be really exciting to watch grow. Yeah, it's just kind of you know interesting getting ready for for this uh, this this episode here and thinking about how we're knocking on the door of American Thanksgiving and I haven't seen the the silver tips yet, which is just kind of weird as far as you know. <laughs> especially the last couple of years i mean you know with uh being such a division heavy schedule but you know what what uh you know what, what to would you say to, to portland fans about you know what to expect out of the silver tips come friday night uh you know it's it's funny uh i don't <laughs> it's funny to ask that question right now because i think if you look at our our roster it is so different compared to what you would have seen a week ago, two weeks ago, or a month from now. Uh, there are so many injuries where guys have been missing the last couple of games. Berezowski has missed the last couple of games. Dominic Raymond has missed the last couple of games. Orange Strom, Ty Gibson, Dexter Whittle, I mean, Aiden Sutter. So many of the key factors of the team have been missing the last couple of games. Um, so it's kind of difficult to tell. I think as far as the immediate on Friday, you're going to get a look at, uh, I think, the future of the Silver Tips. You'll see a really strong Ryan Hofer. Uh, he will be probably the anchor, the veteran up front uh, as, as the O2. 
Uh, Ryan Hofer is a lot of fun to watch just to see him play bully ball uh, when he tries to make his way into the offensive zone. Uh, he's thrown some some board-rattling hits. He scored some highlight reel goals, so he'll be a lot of fun. But other than that, you're going to see a lot of kids. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of Taron Smith, uh, who's an 06 defenseman who was a first-round pick last December. Uh I, I am unsure whether or not they'll dress, but, uh, you know, Carter Bear just got uh, called up, and Carter Bear was a standout in preseason. Julian Mays, who was this past May or June, whenever the, the 2022 uh, WHL draft was, he was the first-round pick this past summer, and Mays was a point-per-game player as a 14-year-old in the preseason and now has, I think, 18 points in 13 games at the U18 level, again, as, as a December birthday in 07. Uh, so if those guys are all in the lineup, you'll get to see some some really exciting young prospects where I think if, when you go to the game this Friday in Portland, you'll see the silver tips that you'll be watching for the next three, four years. Yeah, I guess I didn't uh, I didn't realize how much they were struggling with, with injuries. And, you know, teams really, you know, generally don't like to, to call up anybody this time of year. You're disturbing, you know, their schooling and, the and you know, the, the level they're playing at and you know, it's not. It's it's a different animal. World Junior time or whatever, but you know they uh, they, they must kind of really be against it to to have to to go to some call ups. Yeah, that's that's the way it is, right? You know, it's you you do what you gotta to try to keep competitive. And fortunately, I think that uh, there's a very mature base of young players to rely on. Um, I think the coaching staff does a great job of cultivating uh, these players at a young age where they can be depended on. Uh, you know they they treat them like they are expected to succeed and and I think that the players feed off that they they want to be able to meet those expectations they want to be able to to thrive and help the organization so I I think they'll be very excited to play this weekend uh, I think that you know it, it will be very interesting to see how they hang in against Portland and Seattle uh, especially given what a powerhouse they are I think this will be a test of metal for a lot of the depth guys on the silver tips well, and especially you know on the on the back end, if some of these some of these call ups might have to to stick around a little bit with uh, in all likelihood of of Olin Zoeger playing for Team Canada uh, come Boxing Day. I mean, what what's what's it been like seeing his progression? Olin is a game changer. He really is. Uh, he's he's got to be one of the most electrifying players in the Western Hockey League, maybe the Canadian Hockey League. There's a reason he's the reigning WHL Defenseman of the Year, and you know what? He's only getting better. Uh, I think that this year, even more so than last year, uh, he's taken charge of possession to where it flows through him. Uh, it's really funny. There, there was a play on uh, Sunday night where they're playing, and uh, it, the puck bounces out to the center of the blue line in, in the high slot, and Cam Seitzma, who's a rookie, has the puck. And the crowd starts to rise to their feet because he starts squaring to the net and he starts winding up like he's going to shoot. And the crowd starts to like get that anticipatory ooh going. But from a, from the far side point, even I could hear it up in the booth. I you hear Olin Zellweger tapping a stick, and when Olin taps his stick, you got to feed him the puck because <laughs> that is the respect that he's earned. Because when he calls for the puck, he believes that he can make something happen, and chances are he does. So sure enough, Seisma looks off the shot, passes it to Zellweger. Zellweger gets it down low and, and Steel Queering caps off a rebound and they score. Uh, so I, I think it's just, it goes to show uh, how much he's grown as a leader, uh, how much he's grown as a, as a driver of offense. 
He showed a lot of flashes of brilliance, uh, not just in the AHL Calder Cup playoffs in his debut last year with San Diego, but in the NHL preseason this year with Anaheim. Uh, I think that he's... Uh, he, he's brilliant with the puck. He's the second highest uh, shots on goal man in the Western Hockey League behind only Bedard. And to do that as a defenseman is pretty unheard of. You guys have a dude named Steele? That's pretty fun. <laughs> Steele Queering, yeah. He was a, he was acquired by a trade uh, from Calgary. Uh, really, really nice kid, but what a hockey name, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean this—that's one thing you know. You'll you'll find the longer you're 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 in this league that uh, there's it's it's there's a lot of names. There's a lot of a lot of really interesting names come through here. Yeah, one of my favorites is uh, on Prince George. They have a uh, Bauer Demansky. Uh, I always think it's really funny that there's a hockey player who's named after a brand of stick. I, it's it's like having a baseball player named Mizuno or Louisville Slugger. Like it's just <laughs> it really is something. If, if memory serves, there was a guy on the Wheat Kings named Easton Stick here not not really that long ago. Hey, the, the Wheat Kings had Wheaton King not too long ago. So I, that's, I, you, you don't got to look very far. I was for, <laughs> fortunate enough to see him play. The very, you know, not, not very often the, the, the Wheaties come through, but uh, during the during the Wheaton King era, I was I was lucky enough to, to, to watch him suit up for uh, for a proud a proud franchise. So that was that was fun. Yeah, yeah, that's that. That's my favorite name to team relation ever. I, I forget what team he's on, but there's a kid out in the OHL whose name is T Bone. I think he's on uh, Saginaw. Uh, that's 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 another incredible hockey name. Love that. So, you know, we talked about the the Silver Tips. You know, having having a strong record, even if uh, you know it's kind of a little under the radar. Which you know, sometimes that's a good thing. You know, to be a little, you know, kind of just working in relative anonymity but you know still playing well and obviously you know Portland's playing pretty well but you know you mentioned already you know Seattle you know acquiring you know yet again another high-end defenseman today I mean they uh they they are making their intentions clear with their poker chips I mean what's kind of your your read on the on on this year's Thunderbirds Seattle is uh, really high-octane. And what's funny is that I don't think... uh, The one taste that the Silver Chips have had in the regular season against the Seattle Thunderbirds was on uh, Everett's Pink the Rink night, and Seattle wins 11-3. And you look at that, you look at the score sheet, you look at the rapid-fire succession that Seattle was able to score, and you think, wow, the, the Silver Tips must have gotten eviscerated that game. They must have looked dreadful. To be honest, I really don't think the Silver Tips looked that bad. And I think if you were to do a deeper dive as to, you know, the Silver Tips got 49 shots, I'm pretty sure, in that game. And a lot of them were really good ones. Uh, I think that it's just a matter of the the defense was a little uncharacteristically porous. And I think that uh, Braden Holt and Tim Metzger would be the first ones to admit that they definitely should have had, like, a lot of them. I, I think that they got beaten clean on shots that don't ordinarily beat them clean. Uh, so, and when you have a bad night for both goalies, uh, it's it's very hard to overcome that. Um, so I think that, and that's not that's not putting either one of them down. I mean, it's a, a bad night is a bad night. You give eleven goals. Uh, that's just that's just calling a spade a spade. But to speak on how Seattle is built and what they're able to construct, they're incredibly deep. 
they roll their lines pretty evenly. Uh, they're really, really, really fast, uh, which is, I think, a departure from last year's core. Last year, they were a lot more, you know, rock the body, you know, Matt Rempe, Tyrell Bauer, uh, kind of Lucas Siona, Reed Schaefer, all getting in your grill and, and, and mucking it up down low. This year, they still have Siona and Schaefer, but now they have Krenkovic leading the way. Now they have uh, Grayson Sochin. Now you have... Uh, you know, Korchinski taking on an even bigger role than he had last year. Uh, so they're they're an incredibly mobile offense. They're very crisp with the way they exit. They're a well-oiled machine. So adding someone like Nolan Allen is really going to help tighten up that back end. They now have two bona fide shutdown pairs back there. Uh, they're 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 just a really good team. Uh, and you know, it's anytime they come in to any given barn, they probably expect to win. Uh, so that's that's just the way that they're built. Here in the what the last two weeks has it been since uh, since, since the uh, Prokop trade? They've they've moved out uh, three first rounders, uh, one second, three third rounders, and a sixth amongst amongst others i mean and, and a couple of roster players i mean it's uh you know gambling debts always get paid i mean it's gonna it's it it, it, it better work for them because you know they're gonna they're, there's gonna be some pain here you know for for several years after this yeah i mean well the the good news is, is that knock on wood at the very least you know they'll be able to to make that competition right i'm sure a lot of silver tip fans give the uh, trading of draft picks a bit of a side eye because the silver tips had no first round picks from 2017 till 2021 because they were prepping for playoffs that wound up never happening in in 2020 and 2021 uh those are two teams that probably would have been built for the whl final uh but you know it's the world decided it was not to be uh so i i think that you know knock on wood they'll at least be able to see it through and uh and and go for it this year and honestly like if if they stay healthy and they compete the way that they are supposed to compete i mean you 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 can't really blame them i i'm very curious to see what the response is going to be from portland and from uh cam loops because i think they are the two most direct threats to seattle as far as winning the whl final cam loops already has their memorial cup birth and i already said like i expect them to be buyers to try to give Stankoven something to work with up front, to maybe give them some some goaltending support, so they have someone to back up Ernst, maybe a maybe a mobile blue liner like they had last year in, in Victor Person. Uh, but I'm very very curious to see what the response is since Seattle has been so active so soon in the season. Uh, they want everything solidified real real quick. Yeah, and you you know you mentioned you know the the lack of of, of you know, high draft picks for the silver tips because they, you know, turn those guys into in the, you know, ready ready made players, you know, for playoffs and, you know, that's uh you know, a little bit before your time in this league, but but Portland was was real good at that one for a while, you know. I mean <laughs> you know, they traded a, a first rounder for Marcel Nobles, you know, I mean that was that was to to Seattle which turned into Keegan Colesar and, and they had success with him. But I mean, so you can, yeah, you can find other other ways to do it for sure. But and you bring up Kamloops. I mean, that's you know kind of the 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 sleeping giant around here too. That yeah, they're gonna 
they're going to add and i wonder i wonder what and what who and what and you know did is i mean this market it seems uh i mean you seems pretty uh, steep for the, the the price to to add right now is certainly what it looks like yeah it's I, the the musing that i think a lot of people a lot of fans i saw speculating they they would kind of either whether or not it was serious or not i i saw people on twitter being like, man, what would it take to to move a Connor Bedard? You know, let's let's say Regina goes like 0 and 10 out the gate, and they want to ship him out. I think this market is determining that it's just not possible. You know, it's it's just if if you're giving up two firsts, a second, a third, and three good players for for Nolan Allen, who's you know a very good defenseman, probably not a huge point getter, but a really good defenseman, and you're trying to trade for a really high end forward now let's let's change the name let's let's make it not Connor Bedard let's say uh, I don't even I don't even know let's let's say you want to trade for someone on on Moose Jaw right let's just let's let's say you want to add Jagger Furcus who's you know an A-list player but not Connor Bedard you're still going to give up like four first round picks for a good player like that it's it really is wild how high the the market is set uh, so you're gonna find out by deadline day who who thinks that they can make a push that badly. So I I think that if Portland keeps on winning, I would not be surprised if if they if they dip their toe in the water and try to add a big name. Yeah, I mean they they have done that in the past, that's for sure. Um, yeah, they, they they did it last year with Gauthier. I mean, swinging a trade like that to get a, a bona fide rock back there that was a really good deal for them last year so i i wouldn't be surprised if they make another move for a rental because correct me if i'm wrong i think they only have two overagers they do they have a, they have an overage spot and it's funny you mentioned um moose shot i was looking you know uh i think it was them that got a a, a really nice player return from from the miners and so then they had a have to have to move an overager and i was like kind of looking and i was like I'm not. I'm not sure. I mean, it, it, the. I mean, you know, you're, you you are what your your record says. I'm not sure that Portland really has anything. Their their, their shopping list doesn't seem very long right now. As far as like we could use this, we could use that. But uh, you know, you can always you can always add you know a a a, a, a goal scorer, or a fancy defenseman. That's for sure. Yeah, that's a good position to be in. You know, Portland is so balanced. They a lot of their best players. R03s or 04. Stefan is still only an 03. Uh, I really like Merrick Alsher. He's an 04. Uh, Canyoni is still only an 04. And he's, he got, he's still so young. He hasn't even hit his 18th birthday yet. And he's so talented. Uh, so I, I think they're in a really interesting spot where if they want to make a push, they can, they can add one more guy. And who knows? An 02 probably won't be as expensive. Uh, I, I remember Seattle adding Svekovsky. Uh, last year at the deadline, Portland adding Gauthier. Like it's it's very it's a very good position to be in where you don't necessarily have to, but if you want to, the option is definitely there. Yeah, and it's it, and you know, and with Seattle and again they're the way they're playing poker, I mean you know, with it's always a unique situation when your league is hosting. And so if you're Winnipeg, if you're Red Deer you know Saskatoon. I mean, they, in theory. I mean, if if uh, I mean, you don't know this how it's going to play out. Obviously, nobody does. But you know, if Kamloops is good and they make the final, then you know, an Eastern team can get in 
without having to only having to win three rounds you know and getting the, getting the back door that way not that anybody's trying to but you know it kind of sweetens the pot as far as you know making a big push but again you know if you're if you're uh, seattle you know everett or or um, you know any of these teams out west i mean you don't have that luxury you still you still have to go through the host most likely to get to the to get to the final so it's kind of a I mean, it just really shows how how committed Seattle is to try to to to, make, to cause a ruckus this year. Yeah, they're they're going for it all. They they sense the fact that there's a very winnable. If for as tough as the conference is, it's still very winnable, and they have all the right pieces in place. Uh, they have a good coach. They're uh, they're they're built to win. Uh, so they're they'll be a fun team to watch. Uh, and I think that last year's postseason proved that uh, they're difficult to kill. Too. I mean, it's they're they're not just good; they're relentlessly good. Uh, Portland was the same way last year. I remember in all of the matchups with the Silver Tips, how many times did we see the Portland Winter Hawks stage a third period comeback against Everett last year? It felt like every single game. It didn't matter how big the lead was—two goals, three goals—Portland would start chipping away and come back. Uh, so, and Seattle did the same thing come playoff time, where they'd be down three-one in the series. Win game five, win game six, win game seven. Uh, so they're they're a resilient group, which I think is even more important than just being good. Uh, it's, we, how many we've seen that so many times in the hockey playoffs. You know, we we mentioned how you know the Silver Tips team was poised to uh, you know to try to do some damage in the the year that you know we had the 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 you know chair kicked out from under us, didn't have playoffs, and then bubble season they went like 20 and 2 or something right yeah so something like that yeah it's, i don't know the exact record off the top of my head but uh yeah they they were best record in the league i want to say they were like 19 and 3 19 and 4 something like that it was it was the best record in the western conference yeah and you know we you know folks ask me you know about how you know what i think of everett and and you know what they're you know i mean the the, the cycle that you know these teams in, in, in major junior go on as far as you know going on a run and then a rebuild and it just seems like you know I keep thinking that eventually the clock's going to strike midnight for the silver tips team but it just this uh, this does not appear to be the season that that happens as far as you know having having continued success I mean what, what are some of the the factors that that you see you know day to day that you contribute to uh, you know ever not really surfing that that wave but just kind of staying on top of it i think that just there's there's no recognition that there's any reason to to not have faith that they won't be a top four team uh i think as long as they feel that they can be in the top four top three even uh come the end of the season they feel that they can make it to the second third round uh i think that that's a a motivation for this ownership group for this coaching staff and for a lot of these players uh, you know, think about someone like Jackson Berezowski, who's been with the Silver Tips since 2018, uh, who's been there for the really great teams and the teams that went unfulfilled. Uh, so I think someone like him is just so motivated to reach not only the postseason but the later rounds that uh, this group feels that they, they need to see it through. They have enough players left over where they, they want to give it one more kick at the can. Uh, but I say one more knowing that next year they're probably going to be pushing for the playoffs as well. Uh, they're probably going to build around Roost and Hammerling and, and, and make, a, make a run for it next year. Uh, you know, was, there is no 
acceptance of of a lack of playoffs. It's it's a it's an edict that that is taken on not like an official ruling, but like every year. Why why wouldn't you want to win, right? I mean, it's, and I think that this team has the right components. It's got the right leaders. Uh, it's got the right coaches to where you know are they on paper better than Seattle? Most people would probably tell you no. But in the playoffs, anything can happen. Uh, you know, it's the Silver Tips don't need to go back very far to prove that happened. They were a one seed that lost to an eight seed last year. Anything can happen in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was really interesting to see. I mean, we don't. There's not. Oh, upsets are somewhat rare in in uh, in our league. I mean, that's kind of why they're upsets, I suppose. But that one was 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 pretty shocking. But. You know, you. I mean, what well, we saw, you know, when we had the wild card format, and you know, Tri City made the won, won the BC division, which they don't even they don't even participate in. That was that was a that was a wild ride, but but yeah, it's exactly. If you get in the you get in the the tournament, you know, and just uh, and and see what happens, you know, and you know, game by game, and all those kind of cliches. But you know, what's it what's it been like, you know, working with with Dennis Williams, and what's his uh, kind of kind of what kind of atmosphere does does he maintain there at the at the rank uh he's incredibly driven uh he's an incredibly busy guy uh he always shows up uh expecting the best out of his group uh and he usually gets it uh he extracts every last drop of energy uh on a nightly basis i think that um something that this this organization always prides itself on is when win or lose they always get a very good effort uh, and I think that that's that's been the case for every single game that I've that I've watched that I've worked. Um, so there is there is an expectation of of strong effort uh, within this group, and uh, I think that this is a, a great uh, job done by not only Dennis Williams but also his associate coach this year, uh, David Struch. Uh, last year it was Louis Mass, uh, who has since joined the San Jose Barracuda. Uh, Dean De Silva, who's the assistant coach, uh, I think they all kind of divide and conquer really well. Uh, they tackle different issues in the locker room and, and different uh, different tasks on hand, uh, and they do them so well. Uh, so there's good balance, there's good leadership, and I think that there's a, there's there's just a certain code that they live by, uh, which I think is incredibly admirable. And obviously, Hockey Canada sees something in Dennis as well because he'll be their head coach come world junior time so uh you know it's it'll be uh i'm really excited for him and really happy for him that he gets that opportunity because i know that the experience last year winning gold as an assistant meant the world to him so uh i'm, I'm excited for him to get that chance yeah i mean you're you you know you'll likely never have that you know opportunity or, or not never but i'm saying you know the the opportunity to have you know those kind of horses you know all all in one you know Shot. I mean, that's that's pretty special to be able to to, to have the opportunity to coach the the best junior age L, uh, junior age players in in Canada like that. Yeah, that's uh, and it's it's every time you. I mean, they always say it. Every time that you can represent your country in any capacity is something special. But to be handed the reins as as the head coach uh, is is such a unique distinction. Um, and it's funny that it's he's, he's the third silver tip head coach to coach at the World Juniors to be to be a head coach. Uh, Kevin Constantine ran the uh, USA team back in the early '90s, and then Craig Hartsburg 
had Hockey Canada for two tournaments in the mid 2000s. Uh, so it's it's a legacy that we're very proud of that uh, not just players get developed here, but coaches. Uh, you know, and and for him to uh, come back just a couple of months after just winning gold and and do it all again. Uh, that's that's a very exciting prospect. Well, those those mid '90s American teams, they kind of they probably needed to trap in order to try to compete in those in those <laughs> tournaments. But that's probably true. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> we you know there's the, the Americans have made you know huge strides here in the last you know 15 years or whatever in this in this tournament, and it's uh, you know they're kind of you know with the, up there with the big boys now every year, and you know win, win gold, you know you know somewhat consistently over the last you know 10 years or so yeah yeah that's true they've uh they've really grown uh so it'll be a really fun tournament uh you know last year was was really competitive it literally came down to a matter of centimeters right you know it's it's mason mctavish pulling the the puck off the goal line that winds up being the difference for hockey canada between gold and silver uh so the world juniors is always a really exciting tournament uh where i know we're all looking forward to watching it well, and you have, you know, Bear Turnier, you know, making a, you know, glove save on the bench, keeping the puck from going over the glass at one time, looked like a, you know, looked like an outfielder steal in the home run. You got the, the one that went off the TSN camera against the Russians, and they didn't, they didn't like that. I mean, it's been, it's you know, even, even, even with Canada's success, it's been kind of razor-thin margins, which, you know, it's kind of how it should be, right? Yeah, that's, that's parody. That's hockey. That's the beauty of it. You know, and then... You know, normally you're in you're in it against against it pretty tough as a club team having you know your head coach and, and and general manager you know away for a month for a tournament. But you know, here comes Dave Struch, and I think I think people forget that he's on this the Silver Tips Club. And I know you know guests of this show that have been around the league for a long time they can't say enough about the guy. I mean. You know, there's a there's a pretty good you know Struge fan club around around these parts. I mean, what's what's it been like having having him up there in Silvertip Country? You know, he's he's just a very classic hockey coach. He's uh he's very old school in the way that he carries himself. He's a gentleman uh, in the truest regard. Uh, and you know, it's, he's just very roll up your sleeves, let's get to work kind of guy. Uh, very passionate about the job, and I know that uh, someone of his. Uh, resume in the offseason to come to Everett that's a huge get uh, and I know that uh, uh, Dennis Williams was was extremely excited to to be able to add him to the staff in the offseason because of not just his years spent in the league but but his trips to the Memorial Cup both as a player and as a coach in his time you know he he was a player when Saskatoon made it in the 90s he was coached there for Saskatoon when they hosted for Regina when they hosted uh, he's seen just about everything in the Western Hockey League. Uh, so uh, to have that experience, to provide some different insight uh, for someone who's been around the game as long as he has and around the league as long as he has, uh, it's a really, really great get for this organization. And uh, and we're, we're very lucky to, uh, to work with Strucci. Well, that, that 2013 Saskatoon team, that was the only – the only team that to to beat Halifax and Nathan McKinnon that whole tournament. So they, you know, that that was, uh, you know, there's not a lot of moral victories in that tournament, but they certainly uh, could feel pretty good about that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So he's he's seen a lot of talent come through the league, and uh, and he knows what it takes to win, and and he's able to impart that knowledge onto our group. Uh, so it's he's he's a very very knowledgeable individual. So I've had you, I kept you for a little while, Casey. I mean, there's there are some other. Uh, some other 
points about this this Silver Tips team or uh, or the rest of the league that you want to, you want to touch on while we're while we're chatting? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's your it's your ship. I'm just along for the ride. You know, I think that uh, uh, it's it's an exciting time at this point. Now we're getting really into the nitty gritty. Uh, you know the the honeymoon stage is worn off on a season, and now you now you really get to see what your team is made of. Uh, you start to really get to push into the dog days of of December and January, uh, where you know you're you're trying to grind it out until that holiday break around uh, Christmas time, and then and then you're off in the second half. So uh, it's it's just an exciting time. I'm I'm just I'm just happy to be along for the ride, Chad. <laughs> and then and then again, your position, you're. You know, you gotta check your your phone every couple of minutes to see uh, see if anybody got you know added to the to the team or some picks moved out or I mean breaking news in the middle of the night. That's always a that's always a fun ride for the communications guy, right? Yeah, exactly. You're always uh, you're always trying to keep an ear to the ground, uh, and you're just trying to stay afloat with all the news. Uh, you know that that's what's funny is that I've you know you wake up every morning and it seems like. Uh, there's another trade that Seattle's pulled. So, uh, but by the time this gets posted, they probably have pulled another one. <laughs> that or the, you know, friend, friends of the show, the uh, the Edmonton Oil Kings, and and they just I, I they posted just a, a you know a scoring update to their game the other day, and I saw like just kind of the way the the arrows were drawn in there. I thought I was like, oh, I thought you guys traded somebody again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they don't have a, a ton left from their WHL final team, so yeah, yeah, they they're probably they're probably still continuing the uh, the fire sale. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when I had I had Kurt Hill on, you know, earlier the season, I asked him about it. I mean, it's kind of you know you have that that challenge. It's 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 like uh, you know sometimes when uh, when you invade a a country militarily and you okay we're gonna depose the guy. Okay, now what? You know, I mean, like you went, you went through the the you know the thing you were trying to do, and you took the flag, and now you got to start over. So, you I mean, you know, do you have is 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 that part of the folder blank? I mean, you know, what do you, what do you do with it? So it's kind of a, you know, it's a it's a tricky, you know, position to be in. But you know, again, one that you're you're hoping to to, to get to that point because that means you know you won the whole thing, and they did so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, you you can't sneeze at a ring, right? Uh, rings a rings a ring, and banners hang forever. Yeah, yeah. And you will, you know, you won, you won all those trades at that point. You know, I mean, the 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 twenty eighteen Swift Current Broncos to tell you that, and the you know the twenty nineteen you know uh, PA Raiders. Although they got a, you know, no one took it from them for for two years after that, so they had the the bonus on that. So. Yeah. Yeah. So they got some good mileage out of it. <laughs> Well, Casey, it's uh, it's it's nice having you on the show to catch up. It's uh, it's fun having you in the league. It's and it's nice to see uh, you know your your enthusiasm and what you bring to the table. And uh, I, I suspect that uh, you know the Silver Tip Country is, is happy to have you. Well, I, I certainly hope so because I'm happy to be in it. Uh, so it's it's been a lot of fun, and uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to to the rest of the campaign. Can't thank you enough for having me on here, Chad. I really appreciate it. Hey, you're. You're doing me the favor there, Casey. I appreciate it. So, <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. All righty. Thank you. Take care, Chad.